Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Unruffled ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Most of us think a lot about our family's future. That's part of the job, right? And I'm sure you've heard that annoying piece of advice that says, don't buy that latte, invest instead. Well, we went for it a couple of years ago and opened a Robinhood account. To be honest, my husband wanted to cut down on coffee anyway. But you know what? Whatever your goals are, Robinhood could help your family build a better financial future. Investing a small amount now could make a big difference 30 years down the road. It's nice to be in the driver's seat and have autonomy when making investments, which is easy to do with Robinhood. Download the Robinhood app or visit Robinhood.com to start building a better financial future. That's Robinhood.com or download the app now to learn more. Of course, investing involves risk and loss of principal is possible. Returns are not guaranteed. Other fees may apply. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer. There's nothing like being totally engrossed in a good mystery or thriller. Audible has thousands of immersive audiobook titles to spark your imagination and get your heart thumping. Since it's summer, you might want to check out The Vacation Rental. Very well told and very unsettling. You won't want to turn it off. And since this is a parenting podcast, I should also mention that audiobooks are a wonderfully enriching experience for children because they aren't passive entertainment like other kids' media. They engage your child's imagination and can nurture both listening and language skills. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. That's audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 today. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury and welcome to Unruffled. In this episode, I'm going to be responding to a letter from a mother. She's a single mother, and she describes her relationship with her nearly four-year-old as close and respectful. Yet she and her daughter seem to be in conflict much of the time, and her daughter's saying no to everything. Dear Janet, I read your blog and your posts, and each time I read them, they make perfect sense, and I say, yes, I will do that. I can be a better mom, more patient, more available, more tolerant. But the truth is, I find myself in conflict with my daughter, and it now feels as if it is on a daily basis. My daughter is strong-willed and currently says no to everything I request. She starts school in September. I feel our relationship, that is very close, is deteriorating. She won't go to the toilet. We'll pee in her pants instead. She won't hold my hand across the road. She won't sit at the dinner table. She will crawl underneath it. She won't walk with me. She will run off. When on holiday, she did this over and over. She won't go to bed. She won't dress or undress herself. She won't go to the toilet without me. The above are just a fraction of the won'ts and no's, and they are expressed vehemently and often with much screaming, crying, shouting, rolling on the ground hitting, spitting, kicking, and biting. I was hit in the face five times at a fair on Saturday because I said, look, there is your friend Amore. And when she couldn't see her, I pointed again. She turned around and repeatedly hit me in the face. My response was to hold her hand and say, I can't let you hit me, and then asked her why she had hit me. She told me it was because she wanted to have a book. These random, unconnected reasons are always offered up. 
The bouncy castle incident consisted of me being asked to remove my daughter from the castle. I repeatedly asked her to come off, but was unable to carry her due to back problems. She ignored me and ran off until eventually she lay face down on the bouncy castle and spat on it. I managed to pull her towards me and hold her on my lap while she writhed and screamed and spat. She then refused to come home with me. She screamed on the bus journey home, and I eventually put her to bed at 5 p.m. as it was me who could no longer cope with the massive emotions, tantrums, and defiance. I am a single mom. I work hard, and I have no family or support network around me. How do I cope with these outbursts and the defiance in situations that could essentially be dangerous? How do I keep her safe? How do I get to work on time when she refuses to dress herself and refuses to have me dress her? How do I get her to eat at the table? How do I get her in the bath in the evening without the situation degenerating into a screaming, crying, spitting, half-naked child writhing around the bathroom floor? What are the tactics for moving these situations in the correct direction when a child is defiant of everything? And yes, I am aware that by correct, I mean suitable to my timeline and responsibilities. Staying unruffled doesn't change things. Getting annoyed doesn't change things. What will change this? How do I proceed and keep our trust and bond and keep a respect in the relationship and keep my sanity? Any advice welcome. Many thanks in advance. Okay, now at a first glance, this looked like too much for a podcast. But then I realized that the issues his mother is having actually all come under one heading. There's a big theme going on here. And that is that her daughter is screaming out for more leadership from her mother. She's not getting the sense of her mother's being in control of these situations that she needs to feel secure. And I think the point that is made about her going to school in September, that may be why these behaviors have sort of escalated recently. I think this probably indicates that there's been, you know, a chronic sort of misunderstanding by this mother about where she's and how she's supposed to be the leader for her daughter. I think that the anticipation around going to school, that's a common one that gets children uh, anxious, a little stressed, even if they're excited about something and not at all afraid about it that anticipation is very uncomfortable for children and it will show up in their behavior. Um, She needs to be able to writhe around on the floor screaming and crying and spitting. I, I would not let that be at you, but if she wants to spit somewhere safe, you know, that's fine too. She needs to know that you have a handle on, on your job, which is again, to be her leader. Now let's talk about the specifics, how that's going to look. So she won't go to the toilet, will pee in her pants instead. Okay, we do not control children being able to go on the toilet. That is our child's responsibility. What we do control, what we need to control is their readiness for being out of diapers. And she's showing you that for whatever reason right now, she can't handle this responsibility. She's using this possibly as a testing ground and it's not working. So I would very kindly and very comfortably let her know that you've noticed that she's having a hard time using the potty these days. And so you're going to help her by having her wear pull-ups or diapers and calmly insisting on that, not asking her, you know, is it okay? Or worrying that somehow you're going to interfere with her ability to go on the toilet. That's simply not true. 
you're allowing this to be some kind of power struggle that's somehow on you to make sure she goes to the bathroom. And that isn't on you. That's, that's on her. Later, you say she won't go to the toilet without you. You know, she's letting you know she needs more help right now. And help is keeping her secure in diapers and taking this off your plate as a responsibility. She won't hold my hand to cross the road. This is your job to hold her hand. It doesn't matter if she doesn't want to hold your hand. You have to be the one to firmly hold her hand. Do that right away when you're walking out the door, when you're in any situation that, you know, she might generally want to test or, you know, you're trying to get her to leave a situation. Immediately take her hand. Don't wait for her to want to hold hands. She needs you to be in charge of this. As most children do, they will go through some phase where they really need us to be the ones to decide that. And if she wants to scream at you for holding her hand, if she wants to try to flop down, just stay calm, hold her hand, feel good about being her leader there. Feel comfortable with her showing you her struggle in that situation. Because again, those are the feelings that she needs to share with you in a safe way. Safe way meaning, you know, I'm not overwhelmed by these. I'm, I'm really okay with you going to these places. You know, this may be her fear around starting something new in the fall. It may be her just feelings of help. Please show me that I, it's been so scary not to have, have a leader here and to feel like I have so much power and so much control over everything. So those kind of feelings will be released, you know, or it might be, you know, you were at work all day and, you know, I, whoever I was with, you don't say who she's with when you're at work, but whoever I was with, you know, I, you know, I needed you. And so I'm going to show you this side of me, this painful side of me. It's all positive. She won't sit at the dinner table. Well, this is sort of similar to going on the toilet (laughs) in that it's not up to us to get our children to eat and sit and eat dinner. What is our responsibility is to make sure that we are clear about our expectations. It's going to be dinner time in a few minutes. And, you know, this is what I'm making and I'll be offering it. And if you want to come sit down, you can have dinner. We're not going to be having food later after that. But whatever you decide is up to you. I'll be sitting there. She decides not to come. She wants to go under the table. Let her go under the table. That's not going to hurt anything. Um, I mean, I wouldn't let her pull on your legs and all that. You know, I would calmly like take her hand off your leg and, and make sure she doesn't do that. But let her miss her dinner. I think this is another area that has become a power struggle. And it's it's not a healthy place for that to happen. I mean, all of these power struggles, she needs you to override. And one way to override this is uh, the best way is to really, you know, it's her responsibility if she wants to eat. Your responsibility is that you're offering food for a certain little window of time and you're going to stick with that. That if she doesn't come, you know, you give her a few minutes. If she doesn't come, then you put it away. If you feel like she's desperately hungry at the end of the day, I would be the one to offer her a snack rather than having her ask for it. I think it'd be better if you feel like you really needed to do that. 
that you were the one to say, oh, by the way, I'm going to offer you a little snack before bedtime if you'd like to come sit down and have it. Very comfortable, not worried that she's not going to eat enough and that somehow you've taken this on as your responsibility. Um, you're not unusual. This is, um, very common that we feel like, you know, we've got to get our child to eat and it's, it's impossible because with a strong-willed toddler like, like her, she, you know, is, is going to use that as a testing ground because she really needs you to be comfortable in your role. Um, so she won't go to bed. Well, I thought it was interesting because in your story later, you say that you had her go to bed at 5 p.m. Um, I think that day it sounded like she was really tired and, and probably overtired and couldn't handle that stimulation of that fair or whatever it was. And that was probably a good idea, but I wonder how you did it there. There must've been something very final in your approach, helping her to bed at 5 p.m., And that's what helping a child go to bed requires. It requires us to feel really sure of ourselves, really confident that our job is done with that child. It's now rest time. Communicating that through our body language, through our tone, through our comfort with them saying, no, 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 I don't want to go to bed now. You don't want to go to bed now, but it's actually time. And, you know, I'm done. Good night. I adore you. I'll see you in the morning. So, However you got her to bed at 5 p.m., whatever was going through, I know you were angry then and frustrated probably. That doesn't help. But that finality of like, I'm done. So if you could get to that place without being at the end of your rope, that would be very helpful. Um, So she won't dress or undress herself. This is where confident momentum really helps, which is different from rushing. It doesn't mean we rush. It just means... You're going to expect that in transitions, I mean, first of all, children in these early years are in this giant overall transition of growth. It's rapid, rapid development. You know, they grow more, develop more in the first three years than in the whole rest of their lives put together. So they're in a giant transition. She's in this other transition where she knows she's going to have this big change in the fall. There may be other things going on as well. So that is going to show up. The difficult behavior is going to show up in all these other smaller transitions during the day, those become even harder when children are dealing with these larger transitions. So be ready for that. That's normal for a child to say, I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to, you know, leave the park. I don't want to do all these things. Be ready for her to resist. Come into the situation ready to be calmly physical with her, gently, calmly, upbeat. Don't wait for this big gap of struggle to to grow by saying, can you get dressed now? Oh, you're not getting dressed. You know, I would say very calmly, all right, here's your clothes. You know what you want to wear today? Do you want to wear this or this or whatever, however you do that part? And then, okay, can you do it yourself or do you want my help? She does neither. She says nothing. Then you say, okay, I think that's showing me you want my help. So I'm going to help you. You know, this parent expressed later that she's you know, she has issues, physical issues that make it hard for her to, you know, lift her child. And and that's when confident momentum is even more important. Because if you come in early with confidence, knowing that this is normal stuff, that it's okay, you're not doing anything wrong by having a resistant child, it's really par for the course. 
you know, you'll be able to do less physically because you're coming in with confidence, which is what she wants. She just wants, mom, I need you. I need you to help me. You know, I'm stuck and I need you to show me. I need you to demonstrate that you are my confident leader. So I don't have to keep going further and further in my behavior to get your attention, get your leadership, and then get you to the point where you're upset. None of that will help. So being ready right away, you know, as you're talking to her, as you're explaining, you know, or asking her to do something, you're already in there, ready to physically move her or help her, you know, let's put this shoe on first. I'm going to help you put this over your head. Here we go. You know, she might need a little helping hand with dressing right now because she's having a hard time for whatever reason. Then this mother says she was hit in the face five times at a fair on Saturday. Ideally, that would only happen once that child would lash out and then we'd be ready to stop it, you know. And yes, she doesn't have a good reason for things because she really doesn't know why she's acting this way. And that, again, as I think I've said a number of times in these podcasts, is that's the definition of impulsive behavior for children. It's not... I thought it was okay to hit you in the face. It's not coming from that. It's coming from, I know I'm doing something crazy here. I don't know what's making me do this. Again, the reasons are just please show me you're a leader. I'm feeling, you know, uncomfortable about this big transition that's going to happen. The impulse is larger than, (laughs) you know, than the child. And it's like, it's not reasonable. So no, she doesn't know why and (laughs) wanted to have a book. I don't know. Yeah, that's as good an answer as any for her. So don't, you know, wait for her to stop and say, please stop hitting me or anything like that. Really have your hand up there, your elbow up there, your arm up there, grabbing her wrist if you need to, but just like, whoa, whoa, that made you feel like hitting. Later, you might figure out, you might remember or you might understand what was going on there. You know, maybe she was overstimulated and overtired, but in the moment, Trust that there's a reason and stop her. And it's okay that she wants to hit. You're not going to let her hit. And then the bouncy castle incident, if this is after she hit you in the face, you know, I'd be seriously questioning whether she could handle being there, if this was even a good idea to stay there. But as soon as you see any kind of funny stuff going on with her in that bouncy castle, You go in immediately and say, you know, I want you to come out now. It looks like you can't handle being in there. And then do the least thing you could do to get her out. You know, you you don't have to pick her all the way up. You can hold on to her arms on the side, you know, and her shoulders and just help usher her out. There's usually less that we can do physically, but we have to have that confident momentum. And then, you know, when she managed to pull her towards her, she writhed and screamed and spat. So, yes. There's the, I'm falling apart, please help me, child there. I know, it's really hard not to take this stuff personally and wonder, like, why, you know, how our child turned into a beast and things like that. But, you know, again, there's always a reason, and children are easily, easily overwhelmed. Four-year-olds just as much as two-year-olds. You know, this is a, it's a tough age for. It's, it's a lot of growth going on and more reaching towards independence and a lot of push-pull. So she then refused to come home. She screamed on the bus journey. You know, that's unfortunate because there's not a lot you can do about that. But again, I think 
I would try to see this coming. You know, when she starts hitting you, I would take that as a sign. Hmm, you know, she's not in a good place for this right now. You know, this she's not going to be able to handle this. So the way to cope with all of this is, you know, it's sort of like we have this nest that we give children. And if they feel like there's big holes here and there, then they need to keep reaching for those holes, showing us that we're not giving them their our leadership in those places. And all of these things work together that once we do, you know, we'll kind of get that hole organized, you know, like the way you're handling mealtime. And then she'll say, okay, what about this hole? And what about that? And, you know, are you still going to have these when you're tired and you just came home from work? Are you going to be able to do this? And it's got to be overall so that she can feel, ah, I have a safe nest and I can be, you know, a basket case in this safe nest when I need to. So you can do this. Hopefully it's all going to be in your perspective, just looking at this differently, looking at your role differently, knowing that coming in with confident momentum is extremely important to all these situations, coming in early to stop her Don't expect that you're going to be able to ask her to do something and she's going to do it. She's showing you right now that she's not. So believe that and be ready for her not to do it and that you're going to usher her along and help her. It's a very tough situation being a single mom and working and not having the support. One thing that I think will help you is to understand that the time that you have with her, like with all of us, We share our worst with the people that are closest to us. We need to feel safe to share our worst with them, be it our worst. And that is a very, very loving way to be with her at this point in her life when she's showing you she needs it. So when you come home from work and you want everything to be nice and fun and sweet connecting time together, remind yourself that she's going to show you what she needs. It's a different kind of love you can definitely do this it's in you it's in all of us and you will see how loving that this is when you stop taking it personally when you stop you know worrying that you've got a mess on your hands you've got a normal strong willed girl on your hands and there are many blessings in this as you know so don't be afraid of her feelings they're really healthy for her to share I've written a lot about these kinds of dynamics in my articles on JanetLansbury.com and in my book, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and of course, in my other podcasts. So thank you so much for listening. We can do this. If you like Unruffled, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.